Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. Tonight we have the phenomenal band, hard rock metal band, Soil, coming on momentarily. And the bassist, Tim King, is going to be calling in for the interview tonight. So I'm really looking forward to this interview. They have an amazing new album out called Hole. So we're going to be promoting that, playing a couple of the tracks off of it. But before I bring them on, I just wanted to, again, thank everyone for the support of the radio show. It has just been an amazing two years since I started the show. Uh, Soil is joining some awesome bands that I've had the pleasure and honor of interviewing, including I Empire. Otherwise, Candlelight Red, Eve to Adam, and the list goes on. So please check out the podcast from all of the amazing musicians, comedians, filmmakers, and other entertainers that I've had on my show so we can support them and keep spreading the word about them. A little bit about myself. Um, I started the show predominantly to create a forum where I could really support people in the entertainment industry. I have a background in clinical psychology. That's what my doctorate degree is in. And I really enjoy interviewing people uh, with my career in clinical psychology. And my other passion is the entertainment industry. So I really wanted to combine my two backgrounds. I have an album out as a solo artist. I do some writing for some magazines. And just want to give a quick plug to talentspotlightmagazine.net. Check them out. It's an online entertainment magazine. And they do interviews with all different types of people in the entertainment industry. And the articles I write really focus on psychology and marketing, advertising, using different techniques to promote oneself. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. I just kindly request that people uh, just keep in mind that my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Um, Although I mentioned I am a clinical psychologist, we're not doing any type of formal therapy. I definitely have a great sense of humor, so we can uh, can joke around about stuff because I know people in the entertainment industry talk about how challenging, difficult, and crazy at times it can be. And also, I do want my guests to feel down to earth to talk about whatever they'd like, but if they're going to share any potentially embarrassing, humiliating stories, and we do like, uh, again, comedy and entertainment, just to keep any identifying information out about specific persons, organizations, etc. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. I do have a chat room open, but because I'm a one-person show, I'm going to be predominantly focused on the interview. And I have information up in the chat room on the band. And if you want to call in tonight, the number is 805-243-1320. Okay, so let's give some information about Soil. And then I'm going to bring Tim King on the air. So I've personally been a fan of Soil ever since I heard some of their earlier music. And I'm sure everyone knows out there some of their major hit singles that we've heard on the airwaves, including Halo, Unreal, Redefine, like it is, and Lesser Man. Some really great tracks that these guys have had off of five prior albums, if you can believe it. They're releasing their sixth album. We're going to be really honing in on that tonight. So they born, they born, no pun intended, they formed back in 1997. And personally, these guys have really illustrated. I did a lot of research on them the past couple of days. You know, what true musical dedication, motivation, and perseverance is, especially in this 
challenging and difficult entertainment industry. I mean, these guys have, you know, went through some lineup changes along the way. They've had some label changes, but they've really continued to thrive and just be an amazingly successful band despite some of the things that they have encountered over the years. Uh, the band has sold over 1 million records worldwide with their album Scars, hitting silver in the United Kingdom. And this month, they released their sixth album titled Hole, which, again, is already having major success featuring the hit single Shine On, and they have a video out for it, so please check it out online. Other songs off the album, and I'm going to pick a personal favorite that I have, even though the album is just personally just great. Uh, other songs they are currently promoting are the hate song, Way Gone, and Loaded Gun, to name a few. So we're going to bring Tim on now. For more information, everyone, please go to SoilTheBand.com. And I just want to also personally thank Austin Griswold from Secret Service PR for assisting with coordinating this interview tonight. Hey, Tim, how are you? Hey, Carrie, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. We just good. Uh, got off a, a run we're doing, so we've got a few days off before we hit the road again and just getting a little R&R and uh, getting back at it. Very nice. What did you, uh, who did you just get off run with? Uh, we just did a bunch of radio festivals and a couple headline dates and uh, a couple dates with a band called Dope. And then we're going to cool. go back out and finish up some more radio festivals and go back out with the band Dope for about a month. So we got a lot, Very of, nice. got a lot of stuff planned. That's awesome. Well, we're going to definitely share all of that tonight so everyone can uh, learn about you guys and also check out some of your upcoming shows, et cetera. Great. So, cool. <laughs> so, why don't we start out? Uh, tell me a little bit about, I always like to just learn, and I know you're the you know member calling in tonight. So, tell me a little bit about your background growing up, just a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in music, and then we're going to, you know, delve into how Soil came together and uh, the journey you guys have been on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I the only person that was really musical in my family was my great-grandfather, who was actually first chair violinist for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. So he was uh, he was definitely the, the most talented person musically throughout what, my whole family. And uh, when I was in fourth grade, I did the whole orchestra thing and played the viola and stuff like that. And then uh, I just started getting interested into uh, rock and metal. And I discovered the band Motley Crue. And that kind of changed everything for me. And, you know, I wanted to start playing that type of music. So I just kind of picked up the, to pick up the bass. It was kind of the instrument that I just kind of gravitated towards. Everybody was playing guitar, wanted to play drums. For some reason, there's just something about, you know, the low end of the bass and just that rumble that kind of appealed to me. So I started playing that, and, you know, I've been doing that ever since, and it's definitely a passion of mine. I've, I've played uh, piano for quite some time. I took, you know, some piano lessons before in the past, but pretty much everything else has been self-taught. Wow, very cool, very cool. Now, are you originally from Chicago? Illinois, is that where you're originally from, or is that just the, where the band is based out of? Yeah, I mean, uh, me and Adam both grew up mm -hmm. here in Chicago, actually in the suburbs of Chicago, but we just called Chicago rather than sitting there and saying, you know, I'm from Schaumburg, Illinois. Nobody really knows right. where that is. But, <laughs> you know, the city of Chicago is literally about 20 minutes from us, so that's uh, that's where we've been based. Cool. And when did you, and as we're talking, because I know, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, and it, you share as much as you feel comfortable with. I'm not the type of person who's going to, you know, push people. I'm a big fan of Howard Stern, but that's not really my style. Um, but I do want people <laughs> to 
you know, share as much as they can so people can really get to know you guys. And, of course, we're going to talk a ton about the album, too, tonight. So when did you and Adam meet? Because from what I read, you guys are kind of, you know, part of the core band that has remained together since its inception in 1997. Yeah, actually, uh, September of this year will mark uh, 22 years that me and Adam have been playing together. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, yeah, we've known each other since we were little kids. And the funny story about that is is uh, I was playing in this one band. It was my very first band. It was a, it was a band called Stoned Angel. We were just, you know, a bunch of kids that got together and, and started jamming. And I discovered some stuff called death metal. These bands called, they were coming out called like Obituary and Napalm Death and Deicide and things like that. And, you know, it it was just a really crazy form of uh, aggression and brutality in a way that, you know, kind of let a lot of, a lot of, not really anger out, but just this just interesting, heavy music with people that, mm-hmm. you know, were singing like they were gargling on glass or something like that. And uh, <laughs> Some other friends of mine formed, were playing in a death metal band, and they needed a bass player. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So, you know, we started playing together, and the drummer had uh, met Adam in a mall, and he came and he called me on the phone. He's like, yeah, I found a guitar player for our band. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, can you play? He's like, no, but he's got long hair and he's cool. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you know, snap decision. So, you know, Adam comes to the uh, Adam comes to the the house, you know, to jam and everything like that. And he's just he's he's always been a big dude. But you know, when I met him, you know, he's like 14 years old and he was, you know, bigger than all of us and you know had longer hair than all of us and pulled up that guitar and just started shredding on it. And me wow. and him just kind of became in, became instant friends and. You know, we were in a death metal band together called Oppressor for seven years, and, you know, we mm-hmm. formed Soil together, you know, with some other guys. And, you know, we've just kind of been, I don't have any real brothers. You know, I have a sister, but, you know, Adam's been, you know, definitely somebody they could actually call a, a total brother. We've been every, through everything together and a uh, long, long time, <laughs> longer than wow. most marriages last. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, that's that's awesome. And it's, 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 rare that I mean it's not rare I mean because it does exist out there but the ability to find someone that you just connect with musically on that level is just you know I don't know it's just it it is rare in some senses yeah we're definitely uh we're definitely the yin to each other's yang in in some ways but you know we're identical in a lot of ways so it's it's kind of like we're always on the same thinking the same way but you know when my isms kick in. His isms keep keep mine intact, and vice versa. And stuff. So, you know, we, we've kind of cool. we kind of weathered the storm on this whole thing. So it's been pretty cool. That's great. That's really great. So you guys meet up as you mentioned 22 years ago, which is just wow, crazy. Um, so prior to soil forming, as you mentioned, you were in you know some other projects, and you were with Adam. And um, did you? think musically that's what you were going to do as a career is that you just wanted to do music did you go to college did you have any other aspirations in case god forbid music didn't work out yeah i mean we were all in school and when i mean when we met you know we were like in grade school but uh i actually started like taking some college classes and, and got a degree but i was uh i was all set to uh go to the University of Miami and study marine biology. And that oh, was wow. kind of like my, that was music was a, a complete love of mine, but also 
you know, like the ocean and, and diving and things like that is, is, a, mm-hmm. is a passion of mine as well. So I was actually all set, you know, on doing that. And all of a sudden, you know, the death metal band that, that we were in called Oppressor got offered a record deal. And I was kind of torn between, you know, do I go and do, you know, this career of what I wanted to do and go diving and maybe tagging sharks or something like that? Or do I want to go for it <laughs> in the music industry? And, you know, I, the passion for music was just, you know, kind of over overburned out the passion for marine biology. So I, uh, sure. I just stuck with that and just been going ever since then and kind of never looking back, you know, eventually, you know, when all this is said and done, I'd love to, you know, go move out to Hawaii for a while or something and take that back up. But we just, cool. uh, we just kind of kept on going and going. I mean, just been really lucky as far as a career, you know, artist, you know, most people, you know, the band thing or being, you know, having success in this industry only lasts a few years or a couple albums. Sure. You know, we've been, we've been able to do it or, you know, we've been able to do it for almost more than half of our lives. So, and then, you know, not that I'm worried, it's still going strong. So as long as we're able to do it and as long as the fans will buy records and people will still support us, you know, it's still a dream. And I still have that fire that burns inside about playing music and, and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, thanks for sharing that. That's really interesting to learn that about you with the marine biology and stuff. I'm a huge, I'm a surfer. So also a huge fan of the ocean and the water and really cool. Um, oh, great. Yeah, I mean, you guys, it's just, it, it's very impressive, like you said. And I, I think it's a lot of your hard work and dedication and being able to weather, you know, no pun intended, the storm, because you guys have, you know, been through some stuff along the way, and you've always been able to overcome it. So I think, you know, you really should give yourselves credit, too. You're just amazing songwriters, and like you said, you have that drive and that just motivation to, to make it happen, and it's great. It's really great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's not easy sometimes, but, you know, we keep oh, pushing Oh, I on. give you guys credit. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing some independent stuff for a while and just doing the grunt work on my own. I realized over time, just personally, I don't even think I could see myself in a tour bus touring. It's just, it wouldn't fit with my character and who I am. So I think people <laughs> really need to go out like you guys have and kind of start from scratch and, you know what I mean, really just, you know, do your hard work and work your way up there and, yeah. No, so I definitely, definitely can uh, appreciate everything you guys do. So, okay, tell us a little bit about. I know that, and again, I just want to get some background, and then we're going to delve into the album. So, you had several first releases that I was reading about that, for whatever reason, just you know, were difficult in terms of helping the band break into the mainstream. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what was going on. What were some of your thoughts in terms of why those first three albums, maybe for whatever reason weren't getting picked up and then of course you released scars which was you know major for you guys yeah basically uh i mean like i said we were all playing in a death metal band and uh we kind of were getting a little burnt out with that whole scene because there's only mm-hmm. you know there's only so fast you can play and so heavy something can actually get and people were kind of taking since you couldn't physically go any more extreme, like a vocal couldn't, a vocal cord can't get any lower or, you know, a drummer physically just can't play any faster. You know, the strive for, you know, more extreme was, was part of that whole movement. And the part of, of the movement called black metal came out and that's when they started singing about Satan and satanic things and putting <laughs> right. what they called corpse paint on and things like that. And those are just things that we weren't into, you know, we weren't, we we started playing death metal to 
to not put on makeup, you know, and none of us have ever been, in, you know, into the occult or, you know, burning out into, right. like, you know, slamming, you know, religion and stuff like that and, and things like that publicly. So, you know, what we did is we, we figured, hey, you know, we still, well, we still love playing death metal, but, you know, so that we don't get completely burnt out, why don't we form a little side project and start getting back to the roots of what we used to do, like listen mm-hmm. to Metallica Master of Puppets or Ozzy Osbourne, you know, uh, Speak of the Devil or, you know, uh, Corrosion and Conformity, things like that, Black Sabbath, Aerosmith. So we started writing music like that. And, uh, and it just kind of took over a life of its own. Yeah, excuse me for mm-hmm. interrupting, but just before I forget, did you find it hard when you're going from this kind of death metal background to writing the material that you were writing for Soil? Because it, it, you yeah, know, that, it is that, very different. I kind of attribute that to the... Uh, to the first two EPs and, and the first record of a, of, as a growing process, and probably okay. a reason why you know it was it was kind of a, a it, it kind of took us some time to get our sea legs, if you will, because you know we were going from playing you know Cannibal Corpse blast beats, you know <laughs> screaming death metal growls to you know slowing it down and you know kind of getting into more riff oriented things and, and rock mm-hmm. tempos and things like that, and you know as for me you know. I, sw- I went from being the bassist vocalist of Oppressor to playing bass. So for me, I was kind of getting into more, you know, intricate bass lines and trying to groove more with different things. And, you know, I didn't have to sing and, and worry about that. And then, uh, you know, we just, I actually discovered Ryan McCombs on a, a death metal compilation of all things. His band uh, had gotten thrown on one of these death metal, black metal compilations, but they weren't bad at all. They were just oh, wow. an all-out aggressive rock band, and I was listening through it, and I heard his voice, and I just said, wow, this is the guy. This is the guy that's perfect for our, our little <laughs> project that we're working on. So I wrote him right. a letter. You know, this was before email or anything, so I right, actually right. wrote him a letter. How did, and he, you, he, how did you get his, like, contact information? Like, you're saying it was, that it was then, actually I mean. in the Yeah, it was, it was in the compilation CD. There was a ah. contact address for the band. So I wrote him a I wrote him a, a handwritten letter, and uh, he called me on on my parents' phone, and we uh, <laughs> we talked, and I sent him some some riff tapes back and forth, and he wrote some lyrics, and he had, you know he was in Indiana, we were in Chicago, so we he drove down, and we started jamming, and we just gelled, and uh, you know kind of getting back on track, we recorded uh, an EP, which was actually our first demo. We called it the Worm EP, which has been released, you know since then just worldwide and everywhere and you know all it is is just kind of a, a rough studio demo that we kind of put together they were the very first right. songs we'd ever written and uh and then we signed to a small independent label called mia records and they released the el chupacabra ep as kind of a teaser to the full length and then the mm-hmm. full length we did uh was throttle junkies and we did that with steve albini who was uh you know a chicago native and he was pretty famous for you know doing that Nirvana and Neutero album, a Bush record, you know, wow. in the, on the independent scene, he did a bunch of stuff, but he really, he, he did a great job for capturing the essence of the band raw and live, but what we really needed at the time was, you know, some polishing and some direction, mm-hmm. which we didn't really get. So, you know, we released Straddle Junkies, and that's what it is, it's just a raw, energetic uh, slab of rock, and, you know, we, we toured and worked on it and worked on it, and it wasn't until... I believe it was like 2001 when we started working with producer Johnny Kay. He had come out to some of our shows and, and kind of dug what the band was doing. 
and that's when he started working with us and helping us write songs and put things together and kind of harness what the, what the sound that we were really looking for, you know, he brought that to fruition, brought that to life, and that's how the song Halo came about. And nice. uh, And what we had done is uh, we started sending it off because the Internet was getting big and all these, you know, A&R websites were getting big, and we had sent off the demo. And a, a radio station down in Orlando, Florida, WJRR, picked up the song Halo and asked us if we could, if they could play it. And, of course, we said yes, and it just blew up. I mean, just out of nowhere, awesome. it just blew up. And, and wow. then all of a sudden, you know, we went from, you know, being this band that was like, man, you know, is, is this working? What are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the, the label MIA Records that we had been on had gone out of business because they were just a small label to all of a sudden having a, a, a demo that was blowing up down in Orlando, Florida. And there all of a sudden, every major label in the book started calling up and coming out to practice. So we had people from... Warner Brothers to RCA to J Records to uh, to Atlantic to uh, Electra and everybody in between coming out watching us play and offering us deals and ultimately we that's went un- with yeah, yeah ultimately say, we went with Clive Davis it was, yeah, it was something I, else it's probably the most exciting part I'd say that's the most exciting point in my musical career is just having all these major labels that you, you, you bought all these albums off as kids court you. Right, and personally, like, just let us sit in that moment with you for a minute. So, I mean, what is going through your head? How are you feeling? Like, I just can't even imagine how surreal that is for, you know, you guys as a band. Like you said, you're going from point A to point B in a matter of, like, no time. It was crazy. I mean, I was I was a, a co-manager at a customer service department for uh, a company called VTech, which did children's uh, toys and, and uh wireless phones and you know we were all you know working day jobs and things like that kind of wondering if this thing was going to do anything and you know i went from there to going to my boss saying uh clive davis who signed pink floyd and aerosmith <laughs> is going to sign my band and oh, put us in the God. studio and we're going to go and and have a real shot at a career with this and they were flipping out and through like this huge going away party and you know, i was just it's such an exciting time you know of our lives to have that happen and it was uh it was it was pretty Amazing. crazy. So what makes you choose and I was again just reading everything about you guys, what made you choose to go with Clyde Davis and Jay Records? And I know he mentioned kinda he was taking on you guys as really, I guess, one of the first major rock bands he was working with from what it said in some of the information I was reading. Yeah, we were actually the first rock band signed to Jay Records. And wow. uh what it was is is uh, Clive had left RCA, or I'm sorry, Arista. He had left Arista, and BMG, which was the, the parent company, wanted him to form his own imprint and gave him, you know, X amount of money to go work and sign bands with and all that stuff. And uh, his A&R guy, James Diener, you know, discovered us and came and presented it, and we flew out to New York and sat in the Waldorf Astoria in front of Clive Davis. And, you know, to have a somebody who created careers of, Santana and uh, Aerosmith and Pink Floyd to sit down and say, you know what, I love what you guys are doing. I believe in you. You're going to be my first rock band on this label, and I want to break you. I want to make, want to make you, I want to make a career out of this for you. So that that was what really wow. turned the table for us. Because all the other labels, you know, they definitely had some great things to say, and they were definitely, you know, ready to go. But it's just 
the way Clive had this passion for for mm-hmm. wanting us to succeed and taking us to the level that, you know, he felt we deserved to be at, that's that's kind of what tipped the scales and we ended up signing with uh with them and releasing the Scars record. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, and the Scars just, like you said, I mean, just major success with it and really got you guys, you know, like you said, on the map and into the mainstream uh, music world with that album, which was just phenomenal. Yeah, that one did it for us, for sure. I mean, we were we were kind of out touring and we were supposed to play a, a radio festival with Ozzy Osbourne and uh, our manager called us and said, well, I've got some good news and i got some bad news. We're like, okay, well, bad first. And they're like, Ozzy had to cancel, so you're not going to get to play with Ozzy Osbourne. We're like, oh, man, are you kidding? Are you kidding? That was a dream. And he goes, but the good news is they're putting together a tour called Merry Mayhem with Ozzy, Rob Zombie, uh, and Mudvayne, and Soil just got the tour you guys are going to open, and you guys are going (laughs) to open for Ozzy for the next month. Oh, my gosh. We definitely almost almost passed out, so we went uh, (laughs) on. We went and played arenas with Ozzy, and that's that's when that's when the album really started to take off. I mean, that's when the sales spiked, and all of a sudden we were on the cover of magazines, and you know MTV wow. was blowing up the Halo video and everything. It was like I said, it was surreal. You know, you took you took a bunch of kids that were didn't know if they were going to have to put this thing away and and stop the dream to you know living it for real. So mm-hmm. that's unbelievable. That's amazing. So. You have this awesome run with with uh, Scars, and then you also released uh, Redefine, which was you know another mm-hmm. album that just did extremely well with you guys. And then in around, I guess it's late 2004, I guess so about what about a good three plus years, you guys were just really just pushing nonstop with those two albums. Yeah, I mean, uh, what we had gone from is we went from you know starting off with Scars. And just never looking back. I mean, on that whole Scars right. campaign, we we had toured for 13 months straight. With mm-hmm. we added it up at one point, and we we literally had two weeks physically at home for 13 months. And it was it, and you know that that wears on you just in a physical and emotional standpoint. Definitely. And we had come right off we had come right off the road with Scars, and immediately went in to do the follow up of Redefine. Once Redefine was done, we immediately just went right back out for another year of touring. And, uh, you know, you put you put five guys together on top of each other for, you know, basically, in essence, by the time you have writing and recording for, you know, three, four years straight mm-hmm. without a break. And, you know, you, you start grinding, the pistons start grinding together. And, you know, sure. it was, uh, you know, looking back on that, I mean, what had happened was, you know, we got hit with a few blows at the end of that Redefine campaign is uh, RCA had absorbed Arista and J Records. And at the point of them absorbing both of those, uh, they started cutting the slack off of some of the artists. So with the J Records roster, since they had so few rock artists, is what they did is they kept the, the big artists like Alicia Keys and Luther Vandross and just kind of right. cut everybody else loose, which, you know, we kind of fell in that category. And uh, which was horrible. I re- I remember we were wow. in the middle of a, a tour with Shinedown playing in front of, you know, we were playing this this festival and we were playing in front of ten thousand people and you know we got the call right before we were about to hit the stage going yeah, you know uh, J Records just got absorbed and they cut they cut them the majority of the artists loose and you're one of them. 
Oh <laughs> well, my gosh! You know that, that's not the best oh. thing to go. That's not the best thing to go on the state and I'm in front of ten thousand people with. But you know, uh, and then from there, you know, Ryan had had was the the only family man, and he had uh, you know a wife, and he was on his second child at the time, and mm-hmm. you know, things were just really grinding at him and things like that, and. You know, in essence, you know, looking back, we should have just stopped the band and everybody just taken a six-month break a from break. each other and not even right. not even looked at each other or talked to each other, just decompressed and got back together and started talking about the next step and everything. But, you know, in true soil fashion, we just kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And, you know, Ryan had just had enough and decided, you know, i got to walk away from this. I've got to, you know, i got to be with my family and I'm just burnt. Mm-hmm. So, uh you know, we all had a meeting, and we were like, well, what do you what do you guys want to do? So, you know, as with any survival story, the hunt for the new singer began, hunt for the new label began, and we just kind of picked up off of that and kept on going. And then the process yeah, of you guys we, doing that, I mean, then you picked up A.J. Cavalier, which, you know, was amazing mm-hmm. singer, too. Um, so you pick him up, and then, I don't know, a handful of months later, maybe almost a year later, Ryan then joins drowning pool yeah uh we had we had picked up aj and uh although he he was he was definitely a great singer in his own own right you know sure but uh he was he was he was different from ryan and you right. know aj had short hair ryan had long hair aj uh sang with a cleaner voice to where ryan had more of the uh the gravelly you know raspier type voice and you mm-hmm. know i'm i'm pretty i'm really proud of the, the records we did with aj but you know, it just with anything when you change up a singer, that 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 main ingredient just goes missing, you know. Right. And uh, we did have success off of those records. And you know, Brian had joined Drowning Pool like like he had just mentioned. You know, uh, I think it was the following summer or whatever. And uh, you know, we were as with anything, you know, it's like ex girlfriends and things like that. Sure. You kind of get a little bitter. You kind of get a little bitter at it and seeing that and things like that and. You know, there was words was said there, on, on on all sides. Right. <laughs> was there any Tim when when that had when that had come to fruition or that was happening? Was there any way that you guys were trying to work things out and say, you know, not not to be mean to AJ by any means, but you know, Ryan evidently is now getting back out into the scene and you know, getting back involved in music. And I'm sure, like you said, you guys, you know probably on some level wanted him back and but still had some mixed feelings from the departure or, or whatever it was. Was there any attempt to try to recruit and get back together as the original band or not at that time? You know, not at that time. Uh, again, you know, you look back on things and it, mm-hmm. it's just like you, those little things that bother you at the time are just so inconsequential in the big picture. And, right. you know, I, I'm not one that points fingers, but there was a, a member in our band who's not around anymore that that had a lot of influence on on making things very negative and kind uh, of rallying the troops to get everybody else kind of you know on the right. on the on the on the on the hate wagon you know and you mm-hmm. know looking back on it you know it's just like you know me personally and and even Adam we're we're, we're mild mannered people and we we like to do one to others as you know we'd like to be done but. You know, sometimes when you get the, those influences and there's a little hurt feelings, it, it catapults. So, you know, there was a little there was a little bad blood at the time, but uh, you know, with anything, you, you're always going to have things with exes. But like I said, there was just one little catalyst that, 
kind of a perpetuated wow. thing that further than they, they ever needed to go. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's all in the past. Right, sure. And I guess now in retrospect, like you're saying, it's it's harder kind of when you're in the moment and you're kind of in the thick of things, no pun intended, to maybe really see clearly what's going on. And then, of course, years later, it's easier to kind of reflect back and, you know, maybe notice some things that you learn from and, you know, you grow from. Oh, of course, of course. You know? So. And, you know, like I said, the the, the songs or the albums that we did with AJ were, you know, I'm very proud of them. I think that they're that they're very good records in their own right. And, you know, the fans really reacted well to them, too. I mean, we sold a lot of records on those, and we did very well and did a lot of great touring. And, uh, you know, kind of getting on to the, the, uh, the further, I guess you could say, momentum of it is, you know, we... Uh, we were in the middle of that of the album Picture Perfect, and the song The Lesser Man was really popping for us. And it was yeah, our that was first, great. You know, yeah, it was it was it was kind of becoming, in some ways, our our new halo, and it was it was really starting to move, and it it really was gaining some momentum. But we were out on the road and really grinding hard at this point, and uh, unfortunately, you know, there were some heated tensions in between the band with you know, the people that were that were in it now and me and Adam were travelling in one vehicle and Tom and AJ were travelling in a in a in a suburban behind us. And, oh gosh. Uh, you know, that that's <laughs> never really the that's never really the recipe for you know, it's right. more of a recipe for disaster than it is a recipe for, you know, a hit single and success. So, you know, that song was doing great and the record was starting to, to really move and, you know, we had come home from a three month long tour that we had done. And uh, we were just, we were about ready to set up and start doing more. And things had just kind of got a little out of hand. And AJ ended up quitting by sending us an email saying that he didn't want to be in the band anymore and changed his phone number, changed his email. And uh, the drummer followed shortly after that. And me and Adam were just sitting there with all this, uh, with all this band debt, you know, a song that's activating people calling us and right, what do we do? So, uh, you know, again, Again, in true survival mode, mm-hmm. we uh, we grabbed some friends of ours and just went out and started finishing the dates and just pushed on and, and you know, nice. owned up to everything and the obligations we had. And we did that for a little while. And in the meantime, we had, you know, been talking to Ryan and rekindling that friendship. And, you know, we, me, Adam, and Ryan had had a, a few opportunities to talk about things that happened in the past and apologize to each other for them and really you know, get to the bones of why we were feeling that way and why things happened that way and, and really mm-hmm. sinking our teeth into what, what really happened to make that happen. And, uh, you know, we, we started, we started the healing process, you know, in, in some That's ways. Awesome. And, uh, the other, the other great thing was we actually got to sit down with the drowning pool guys and, uh, you know, mend the fence with them as well. And, you know, for me personally, drowning pool, the center record was one of my favorite records out at the time. And, I had just been such an advocator of that record and, and pushed it to everybody. I think I bought like five copies of it too, but uh, <laughs> just cool. to like give the people and turn people onto it. And those guys were really close to me and, and to sit down and, and, and rekindle that friendship meant a lot to me as well, because I, I really have a lot of respect for those guys. And I think they're, they're survivors in their own right on, on many levels, probably even more so than us. So I, I'm, I'm really glad that we're, we're good with those guys again. And, you know, Getting kind of back to the whole Ryan back in the band thing is yeah, we, had, we had a motor. 
Yeah, Why don't ahead. we do this? I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt too much because you're just you're saying you're telling such a I'm on a roll. story. <laughs> no, you are, Tim. Oh gosh, no, you're great. Really good. I love it. You're making my job even easier. Um, but let's do this. I think this is a perfect point, and then we'll introduce you know Ryan Ryan coming back to the band and, and really talk about the new album Hole. So why don't we do this? Sounds let's uh, let's play Shine Down. I'm Shine Down. Sorry, you were talking about Shine Down earlier. Let's play Shine <laughs> on the hit single right now off of your new album Hole, and uh, tell us a little bit about the track, and then we'll check it out, and then we're going to come back and get into the reuniting of the group and the album and, and all that good stuff. Uh, Shine On, brand new single with Soil. It's uh, first first single back with Ryan on vocals, and it's off the new album, and it's doing really well for us. Hope you enjoy it. It's a song about the fans to the fans. Cool. All right, great. So hold on a second. We'll check out the song, and then we'll come back and uh, get into all the other stuff, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. All right, everyone, as Tim mentioned, Shine On is the new hit single that is being promoted off of Soil's album, Hole. So let's check it out, and then we'll come back and resume the interview with Tim. Number 
right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Amazing track, Shine On by Soil, and you can totally feel the energy and the amazing songwriting skills that these guys exude in that track as well as the whole album. So please check out the album Whole, and it's actually spelled W-H-O-L-E, and uh, I want to ask them about that because it's a very interesting uh, picture on the album cover, and then the title of the album is very, uh, there's a dichotomy, so I think it's interesting. I definitely want to ask them about that. But before I bring it back, just want to do a quick plug for a Davin's Den if you're a fan of comedy. And again, as I mentioned in the beginning, I'm a big fan of Howard Stern. Uh, Davin's Den is a fast-paced podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pip Helix. So if you're looking for a show that can make you think and laugh, Davin's Den is the show for you. They go live Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. To watch live episodes, hear or watch old episodes, or learn more about the show, go to Davin's Den page on davincomedy.com, and it's spelled D-A-V-I-N. All right, let's bring Tim back on. All right, Tim, you're back. Amazing track, awesome song. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. So so now let's talk a little bit about, like you said, uh, bringing back uh, you guys regrouping as a band and, and coming back together to uh, put out your sixth album now, uh, titled Hole. Yeah, uh, kind of it all came together was uh, a European promoter in the UK had, you know, talked to our booking agent about the possibility of, of having Soil come back and play, but with Ryan, because <laughs> we were approaching the 10th anniversary of the album Scars. And, uh, you know, our agent approached us with the idea and me and Adam had sat down and talked to Ryan about it. And, you know, we all, like I said, discussed a bunch of things and, you know, sorted out a bunch of things. And we all decided that we were wanting to do that tour. So it was, uh, it was soil with puddle and mud. And we went over and did a uh, sold out uh, two and a half week UK tour in uh, the body of the UK. I mean, every, every show was just sold out from top to bottom. And uh, we brought with... Since we didn't, we, since we didn't have a complete full-time drummer at the time, we, uh, I, my buddy John Wasaki had left Spain, so I gave him a call and I said, "Hey man, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this 10th anniversary of the album Scars. We want to make it really special. How would you like to come and drum for us?" So he's <laughs> like, "I'm all about it, man." So you know, nice. not only did we have, not only did we have the the original singer Brian McCombs back for the 10th anniversary, but you know, we had a. a a great drummer in his own right, John Masaki, playing drums on the on the on the tour. So I mean, it, awesome. it just kind of kind of just swept all over, and you know, the fan reaction was through the roof for it. In fact, uh, so much in fact that it spiked the uh, the Scars record sales up in the UK, and uh, the album tipped the scales and, and exceeded Silver for uh, for the album over there, which we got presented with the Silver Award there, and you know, we met with a with a sold out show across the board, sold out tour across the board, and we actually filmed a DVD called uh, Reliving the Scars in London, and we filmed the, the London show, which was, was really cool, really uh, really cool thing to do. It was our first ever DVD, and it was actually the first show back together with Ryan, so trial by fire. And, wow, and congratulations. So, That's just thank you. phenomenal, amazing. <laughs> and, and, you know, we did a lot of press over there, and, and at that point it was only going to be the, the one tour, and Ryan was still in Drowning Pool, and he still had dates with Drowning Pool and all the obligations and things. So uh, we just had such a blast on that tour. I, I, I got to say, it's probably one of my favorite tours ever. And, you know, just that, that feeling of, of you know, uh, excitement came back. I mean, I, I felt that excitement of 
kind of back in the Scars J Records days, you know, back with that. And uh, so we came home, and uh, Ryan had a few more dates with Johnny Poole that he had booked, I believe. And we just started talking about, you know, maybe doing some more shows together, and there's such a demand for it in the U.S. So we started doing some shows in the U.S. and uh, just started picking up kind of where we, we were leaving off, you know, still not 100% whether we were going to do another record, whether it's going to be a 100%, you know, full-on band again. And uh, we uh, we actually started talking more and more about it and, you know, sat down and we were like, you know what, we're having so much fun with this. The the problems of the past are gone. You know, it's, it's me, Adam, and Ryan, you know, talking together and figuring out everything together, making all the decisions together. And, you know, all the all the wrongs were made right, basically, on, on, you know, with this new incarnation that we had together. And people would keep asking, hey, is it like old times, man? Is it like old times? It's it's not. It's 100,000 times better than old times. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're we're awesome. we're better musicians. We're more mature. We're we're better friends than we ever were. We're having more fun than we ever were, and uh, we decided to make another record. So we just started writing some songs together, and me, Adam, and Ryan would sit in a room together and and write things, write stuff together, and bounce material back and forth. There were a few songs where, you know, Adam came with a, a full skeleton of the song. There were things where, you know, I had come with some riffs, and me and Adam put them together, and Ryan, you know, wrote all the lyrics and the vocals for it. And we put everything together, and we had this unique opportunity with all the years that we've had in the in the business to uh, to release the album 100% independently with us calling all the shots. And uh, we uh, we still had a long-term uh, partner over in, in Europe called AFM Records, which we still had to deal with to orchestrate everything in Europe, which is a great mm-hmm. label. And we you know we put out True Self and Picture Perfect through them, and you know whole. And actually, Pavement Entertainment, which is a label that I, you know, co-own with President Mark Nawara, who uh, has been in the business forever, uh, we put it out in the U.S. and Canada. So we had complete say-so, complete control, complete everything on the record. And, you know, we we self-funded it. And we did a little Kickstarter campaign to kind of give the fans a way to to take part in the recording and be a part of it as well. Sure. Flew Flew out to L.A. with producer All Work Wild and uh, stayed out there for two months and recorded the new record. We had Will Hunt from Evanescence and uh, Device now. He's playing with David Draymond's from Disturbed's new band Device. And uh, he came out and laid all the drums literally in two days. You know, the, wow. most, amazing, the most amazing drum work we've ever had on any record. I mean, he, he, he took those songs to a new level. He's such an amazing drummer. And uh, we finished the, uh, finished the entire record and, you know, started going out and setting it up and getting ready to tour. And right now it's, you know, me, my, uh, myself, Adam and Ryan from the original lineup. And we have a uh, drummer called Mitch Gable who's been doing all mm-hmm. our touring with us. And he's fantastic in his own right and just a hell of a guy. So uh, that's the lineup that we've, that we've taken the quote-unquote chill on the road with. And uh, we're just having a blast. I, I can't tell you how how amazing it is, you know, to sit there and just laugh every day and, I mean, this is the best. This is the best time I think we've all had being in a band ever, and it's just because we we don't sweat the little things anymore. You right. Know, instead of being bothered by instead of being bothered by all these little things that don't mean anything ten years from now, you know, we're just we're focused on the prize and we're focused on getting the job at hand done and and then just having a good time doing it. And if we have any problems, we sit there and talk about them like adults. <laughs> you know, it's 
instead of throwing it, throwing it, exactly, throwing a bottle at somebody's head or something. Right, right. Well, I think, I mean, personally, just from my own experience, and and you've pretty much, you know, in so many words, said through all the years some of the things that you've experienced in the past. I mean, communication is just one of the biggest keys, and people don't realize that. I mean, you can have the most talented, amazing songwriters, musicians in the world, and if you guys can't talk to each other and resolve things, it's just unfortunately it's probably not going to work out. So I think you make such a relevant and important point by, you know, talking about how you're mature adults now and you talk about things and, you know, you move on. You, you look at the goal in, in mind and uh, that's what you work on. So it's oh, cool exactly. to hear you say that. <laughs> I mean, everybody says to me, what advice would you give a band starting out? Yeah, what advice you would you give new musicians? Okay. And it, I mean, the advice is simple. You know, you have to you have to have dedication. You have to be willing to give up everything, and you have to surround. You have to surround people who want the same things that you do. And mm-hmm. communication. I mean, nothing breaks up a band faster than ego and lack of communication. You know, it's like right. so there's been so many times where, and you do that in life too. There's just so many times where you just let something go, or you bottle it up, and it just sits there and festers until it just grows into something ugly. If you let it out and you talk about it and sort it out, it's gone, it's done, it's over with, and you move on. And you know, when, when you're in a band and you're living on top of each other and and spending right. every waking moment with each other, communication is definitely key. So, and how that's would you answer question for you? <laughs> that that's great advice. And I usually ask that, but since the interview was going in a different direction, I might not have brought it up. But um, before I forget my thought, okay. So, like you're saying, here's another question. Here's a to kind of one-up it a little bit. So let's say you are trying to talk with someone about something that's, you know, problematic or bothering you, you're trying to resolve it, but that person's not willing to budge, or like you said, the ego's getting in the way, they're, they're really resistant. What would you do in that situation? Well, that's why it's just me, Adam, and Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> because we, uh, we're, we, we definitely have the same, you know, the same right. ideas. And if, uh, and if you know, All right, I'll let you get out of that one. Two, I'm two, just joking. No, well, <laughs> if two people, if two people don't, if two people, and the other doesn't, we always, we always try to take the, the odd man out, uh, you know, feelings and right. opinion and consideration. But we still try to, we still have to move on and, and make things happen. But you know, we always, what we do with the three of us, and it's so great because there's only three decision makers, and we find that that perfect compromise or that or that perfect. Mm-hmm solution and we just move on with it and it's all good so that's good very cool very cool now that's great it's great to hear you know i can hear the enthusiasm just in your voice and as you're you're telling the journey that you went on just the place that you're in now is just you know such a good place so that's that's awesome that's really cool so let's talk about cool let's talk about um one of my personal favorites and again there were so many that i like on the album uh, hate song. The hate song was really cool, and uh, so I picked that as one of the second ones to play tonight for you guys to feature it off your album. So tell us a little oh, bit about that song. <laughs> uh, again, you know Ryan wrote all the lyrics to, to all okay. the song, and one one thing I do really love about uh, the way Ryan writes is he he writes in a way that everybody can make the song their own. And he said it, mm-hmm. you know, a million times in press and things like that. Is He never lets it say exactly what the song is about because he's, everybody that listens to it to make it their own 
interpret it the way sure. that fits best that fits best to their lives and their personalities. And that's something that I've always admired about it and something that I've always been touched as, you know, just an individual listening to our music by. And uh one tidbit about the hate song is Adam was messing around at rehearsal one day and uh he came up with that annoying intro sound and Ryan had said <laughs> Ryan looked, gave him this look, and Adam's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, no, no, I'm looking at you because I want you to play it again. That sound is so annoying. It's it's totally going to blend in with these lyrics I have about, you know, hate and a bad relationship and a relationship <laughs> gone bad. Like, they keep playing that, and the hate song was born. Cool. Very cool. Well, let's do that. We're going to check out this one and then, you know, think about when we come back, anything you want to plug in terms of, upcoming shows, any other interesting uh, pieces of information about you guys, and uh, then we'll go from there, okay? Sounds great. Okay, hold on. All right, everyone, again, we are now going to play the Hate Song, another amazing track off of Soil's album, Hole, and i got to keep that in my mind. I want to ask them a little bit about some uh, interesting things on their album, such as the artwork and things like that, so i got to keep that in my mind. All right, so let's check out the Hate Song, and we'll be back with uh, Tim King, the bassist in a moment.
All right, everyone, welcome back. Again, Hate the Hate Song by Soil. So check it out off of their new album out now, Hole, and you can check them out at soiltheband.com. And let's bring Tim back on. Hey, Tim, how are you? Hey, I'm still here. Hey, (laughs) great, 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 great track. Love that song. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, it's one of my favorites off the record as well. Yeah, like you said, you can really interpret it in your own way and apply it to uh, something in your own life. So, really cool. So, before I forget, tell me a little bit about, because I think it's interesting, and unfortunately, I'm a psychologist, so I analyze everything. So, the name of the album is Whole, right? And it's interesting mm-hmm. how you spell it, and then the artwork on the album with the, you know, with the bullet and the blood coming out. Tell us a little bit about just the concept of that. Yeah, I mean, that's another uh, thing that Ryan came up with. And I think, I can't remember if he was in the studio paging through a magazine or if he was on a flight to L.A. looking at that. But uh, he had seen this he had seen this picture of uh, just like a bullet hole of blood dripping out of it that kind of caught his eye. And we were sitting around thinking of, you know, what we could call the album and what we wanted to, you know, portray with the album. And we all kind of decided that it would be so cool just to have something that just stood out, that was just very blatant and obvious. And Ryan's like, I got this idea of this bullet hole that I saw with blood dripping out of it. And why don't we call the album Hole, the H-O-L-E, as in Hole Again, the band Hole Again, the three of us are Hole Again. Yeah. And you know, cylinders. But as a play on words, there's a hole, H-O-L-E, in the center of the cover. And we were just like, perfect. There, I mean, there wasn't even any discussion. <laughs> it was just like, bam, that's it. We're there. So. Cool. It, it, it's That's kind really of a cool. it's kind of a cool little play on words. Definitely, and I think I think even if you want to look at it on a different level, like you said, the band's being whole again, and maybe the actual album cover representing maybe some you know some uh, you know regression from the past, so to speak, and, and some of the stuff that might have happened in the past, and then just like you said, coming together again as a group. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as far <laughs> as where we are coming from, it's. I, your 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 psychological analyzation is pretty good. But, uh, the uh, I just like I said, coming from where we were, it was it was a chance to put a, a bullet hole, some blood dripping out, and then do the plan right. words as the band's hole again. So, okay, I gave it a shot. I, no I, pun intended. I, 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 hope, I, hope, yeah, I hope I hope none of us want to shoot each other. Maybe. No, 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 no. No, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying present tense. I'm saying more think kind of Freudian unconscious stuff, like like past stuff in terms of the past oh, gotcha. that you guys lived through, where people, unfortunately, like you said in your band, caused some chaos and trauma, no pun intended. And maybe that was kind of just like like the play on words with that representing maybe the past and the word whole, representing you guys whole again. I don't know. I just thought uh, it was an interesting That's interesting. I like it. I like it. <laughs> cool. So, and also with the with the title, Soil. Tell us a little bit about how you guys, I mean, it's been, like you said, many, many years, but how did you come up with the name for the band? Uh, the name, we were actually, well, we went through so many different ideas for, for band names, and our old guitar player was, was listening to a band called Entombed and on his way to practice, and there was a, a song called uh, Rotten Soil, and he had come to practice, and we were just kind of putting names on a board and throwing them out, and he's like, well, there's this Entombed song I was listening called Rotten Soil, Maybe we could just call it Soil. And we all liked it, and we're like, that's really cool, you know. And then uh, our guitar player, Adam, is like, well, what if we, you know, 
make the eye a little tiny eye just to do something different with it. And then we'll have, you know, that'll be our logo. So that's kind of how we came up with all that sort of stuff. Cool. Very cool. I like it. Nice. So let's see. So what's in store for you guys now for the future when you're out promoting Hole? Uh, the album just came out. Uh, a little plug on some special things we do have for it is if you do buy it at Best Buy, it comes with an autographed CD booklet. And we spent the first 3,000 that are sold at Best Buy are, are autographed CD booklets. And the Ed and Ryan spent countless hours with Sharpies autographing by hand all of the booklets. So if you get one wow. at Best Buy, it's, it's an authentic soil signature and something we wanted to do that was kind of a little special something for the fans and also the Best Buy who, you know, has throughout you know all of our career really supported the band. And if you go to uh, FYE, there's a limited edition soil guitar pick with the album cover on it that's a little collector's item, and there's 2,000 of those out there in the limited edition run. So if you see either of those two retailers, you get a little special gift with the album. And uh, other than that, we have uh, we have about another week off back here at home just to kind of recharge and get things together. And then we're going out on uh, on tour. We're hitting a bunch of radio festivals that are coming, Aftershock Festival in, in Sacramento, California, which is a, a really huge one. And then uh, we're going out on tour with the band Dope, who are really close friends of ours, for a month. And then uh, we'll book something else for the rest of the year. And we just confirmed a U.K. tour with the band Skindred, which are, uh, again, some very dear friends of ours and have had a, a long history of, uh, of some great things. And the two bands combined were actually playing some really big rooms in the U.K. And then we'll follow that up with uh, Europe and Russia and then just kind of plan from there. So we're going to have a, cool. a really busy really busy schedule coming up here. So we're just getting ready for all that. But we're definitely locked and loaded. We've got a new stage show together with with lights and some new designs and things. So you're definitely going to get a stage show that you, like you've never seen before on soil. And we'll be adding a bunch of new songs to the set we already have and been working those in. And we're just uh, going to do what we do. That sounds awesome. No, I mean, just amazing journey, Tim, seriously. And I just wish you guys much continued success over the years that you continue to do this. So it's just been really great. Oh, thank you so much. And I really appreciate the interview as uh it was kind of a really refreshing change of pace from the, you know, normal questions that get asked. Oh, cool. Thank you. It was really, it was kind of cool to take a retrospect down memory lane about where I started and how I did. I haven't thought about that in quite some time. Wow. Well, that's one thing I think, and I, I really appreciate you, you know, giving me that feedback. And that's one of the things that I've consistently received from people is like, wow, I didn't expect that, or this is a real cool direction. And, and I allow you guys to guide me, too. I don't just kind of look at, like, my notes. I kind of see where you guys are going. And, yeah, I do want to make it different, and I want to make it meaningful so people can learn about who you are as a group and not just the typical, what are your influences, who are you playing, you know what I mean, just the typical kind of questions that people ask. Um, so of thank course. you for that. I appreciate it. And um, you're always welcome back on the show. So if you guys have something to promote in the future, a new album, you know, whatever it is, please, you know, we keep in touch on social media sites. Please keep in touch with me. Awesome. Well, maybe we can uh, maybe we can do it again when we launch a, a new single next year or something. Yeah, that would be great. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank yeah, you again so much um, for everything. 
Absolutely. Please also plug um, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you guys are at so people can find you. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yep. Go ahead. With your what's your what's your Twitter page and Oh, oh. I, <laughs> I was saying to you. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's been a long interview too. I don't know if people do like an hour plus interview with you either. You know, please plug your all your pages real quick so people can uh you know, check you guys out. I'm trying to remember what they are. Uh it's, <laughs> it's www. Uh, the website is www.soiltheband.com. Uh, Facebook, that, right? is w- yeah. so Facebook is www.facebook.com uh, slash soil music. And Twitter, I believe, is soil band. Cool. And people can find you. I mean, if I type soil into Facebook, you guys pop up right away with your 104,000 plus fans at this point. So people can find you anyway. Just type in soil in Google and you'll just get, you know, a bazillion hits on these guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're not hard. We're not hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tim. It was a real pleasure having you on the show. You did an amazing job with the interview, and uh, much continued success with the band and the album. Thanks very much. We'll see you soon, and uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. Okay, sounds great, Tim. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Have a great night. Bye. All right, everyone, again, Tim King, the bassist from Soil, amazing interview. So if you tuned in late for any reason, please check out the interview in the podcast. It will be available after it's over for download and streaming capabilities. So let's see what we got coming up. We have a lot of amazing bands coming up. In September, we have the hard rock band Venrez coming on. These guys are awesome. You definitely have to check them out. Eve to Adam is going to be coming on also in September. They have a brand-new album out called Locked and Loaded, so uh, please be checking that album out. It's uh, currently being uh, a couple of singles off of right now. Straight Jacket Supermodel is the first one that they've released. And uh, a ton of other bands in the works, some comedians, and just in process of trying to book all these interviews. So I, again, continue to appreciate the support, all the people that have reached out for interest in coming on the show, and I'm trying to get as many people as I can in, but unfortunately, due to my regular work schedule, I can only do right now one show a week. So please um, become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. It'll tell you all the upcoming dates and events of people coming on the show for an interview. Follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. And also, please keep in touch on Facebook. I have two personal sites. Uh, befriend me on the site that is not maxed out. And I love to keep in, pe- keep in touch, again, long day now, with people that way too. So thank you so much, ever again, everyone, for tuning in again tonight. And uh, we will be back, actually, on September 9th with the hard rock band Venrez. And I might be booking some in between, but we'll we'll see how that goes. So thanks again. And, again, please become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show to check out upcoming dates and events on the radio show. Thanks, everyone, again. Have a great night. <laughs>